Welcome to Anti-Aging Insights, where age is a state of mind and aging is a treatable condition. And now, here is your host, Dr. Terry Fisher. Hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast. If you have been wondering about fillers, if you have questions about fillers, then we have an incredible guest for you today. We have none other than Dan Julian from Dan Aesthetics Medical all the way from Ottawa. He is an incredible educator. I've been following him on Instagram. He puts out a ton of content that is so valuable for other injectors to learn from. And of course, he puts out a ton of content to answer all the questions that you may have about getting treatments, whether it be neuromodulators, whether it be fillers, or other types of treatments. And that really is the topic of today's podcast episode. Dan tackles some of the most frequently asked questions that he gets about hyaluronic acid fillers. Consider this the episode of Demystifying Filler FAQs. And so without any further ado, let's get right into the podcast. I'm super excited to share this with you. Here's Dan Julian, all the way from Ottawa. It's great to have you here, Dan. Really thrilled to chat with you. I've been following you on Instagram, and I'll just throw it out there right now. If people are not following you on Instagram, they should, because you got a ton of great <laughs> content when it comes to aesthetics. Thanks, man. Appreciate um, it. But uh, let's get right into this. I want to learn a little bit about you, Dan, first of all. What's your story? What's your origin story here into the world of aesthetics? You know what? So for me, I'm a nurse practitioner. I've been a nurse practitioner for 12, 13 years now. And actually was a registered nurse before that for eight years. But for about 20 years, I was looking to have my own business somehow. And I didn't know how to do that as a nurse practitioner. The only thing I kind of find was like non-profit or non-for-profit or something rural and I really wanted to stay somewhere downtown central where I live and have always lived so that really wasn't working for me and, and the medical aesthetics thing came about based on one of my nursing nurse practitioner students because oh. one of the reasons why I didn't jump into it was because I thought I had to have a physician as a medical director my previous employment where I was at University of Auto Health Services at a family clinic mixed with HIV and hepatitis C it was actually had like an infectious disease focus, which is totally different from this patient population demographics, like extremely different. Sure. And then I was having this discussion with one of my students and she said, Dan, we just learned about this in roles because this is a private entity. You have the knowledge, skill and judgment to do this on your own. You can do it independently. And a light bulb just like went off. I remember having goosebumps. I thought she was there was something missing, so I called the college and they confirmed it. And then from then on, I was like 110% diving right into medical aesthetics and trying to get as much knowledge as possible because I knew that Ottawa was kind of like a sleeping giant for medical aesthetics and I just needed to grab the reins and run. So that happened. That journey started five years ago and it's been five years that I've been doing this now. That's amazing. And now you've got, I've seen on Instagram, you've got a beautiful <laughs> clinic. And how long ago did you open that clinic? That clinic was open a year and a half ago almost, so it was November 2021, and we were still in the pandemic, but things were working well with social media for us. Things were blowing up. A lot of people were like, yeah, I should have your own place. And I also had to convince my wife that we had to do this because I was dropping like literally everything at the other facility, which I had four jobs actually going, and my wife was also working. And I convinced her, I'm like, we're going to go all in for this, and we did. She actually runs 50% of the partnership with me. She Amazing. does all the business, I do the injections. Amazing. You know that the clinic that I actually work at right now, which is called Anti-Aging, it's a husband and wife team as well. Medical director is Dr. Frame. His wife is Nadine Frame, and she's the CEO of the clinic. So I can appreciate that. It works great here, and I imagine it works awesome for you guys. It's great. It does. It works. Amazing, amazing. So, all right. You are very knowledgeable. As I mentioned, I've been following you on Instagram. 
I love the fact that you do a ton of teaching. My listeners will know that I've had an education degree in the past and I love to educate. And so we're talking the same language here. I know you've got a whole platform about education for injectors as well through your Patreon account. We can talk a little more about that later on. But you are known for answering questions about cosmetic treatments and fillers and neuromodulators and the whole bit. And we were chatting and we thought, what better person to answer some of the frequently asked questions about fillers than Dan Julian? And so you're here. We've got a couple of questions lined up for you. And I thought we could just have a chat about some of the fillers and some of the frequently asked questions that patients throw out. Yeah, absolutely, man. Go nuts. All right. Well, let's start off with question number one here. And uh, first one is, and this is a really common question. I get this a lot too. When someone gets a treatment with fillers, how long does that treatment last? How long does the filler stay in the skin? And are there different types of fillers that, you know, that will stay shorter or longer? Yeah. So let's focus on, I think hyaluronic acid fillers are the ones that a lot of people are associating with. There are different other groups, but let's stick with hyaluronic acid because they're the most common. And there's still a lot of questions involved around that. Like how long does it last? Well, there's two, almost like three answers with that. The first one is how long does the aesthetic look last right and that really depends on where you're placing it. if you're placing it in an area of the face where there's not much mobility such as tear trough jawline chin temples forehead anything like that nose it's not going anywhere it's not moving so it's going to stay there the aesthetic result is likely going to be about a year and i say nine months to a year give or take now that is the aesthetic look that's the duration of the product that you can see the actual breakdown of the filler really does vary on the brand and also on how thick the product is, which is called the G prime. So if you have a high G prime, it's really thick. It works well against deformation, which is like the force that's pressed on it. And the thicker the product tends to break down a little slower. So it's around 12 to 24 months and the thicker stuff breaks down closer to 15 to 24 months. So what does that mean? That means pay attention to how often you're getting these fillers done, right? So if you're getting the fillers done every nine months, well, the product may be building up over time and that's how you get these pillow faces. This is one of the common reasons why people mm. get pillow faces is because providers, a lot of providers are telling them, you know, this stuff, it will last about nine to 12 months. That's when you should come and get another top up. Well, if you're only relying on hyaluronic acid, eventually it will catch up to you. So you have to make sure that you're aware of these things, you're seeing a provider who's knowledgeable and looking out for you for the long run. So that's basically the you know nuts and bolts of aesthetic look and duration and also the breakdown. But you know, there's a lot of science. The third part is like the science where we are seeing in MRIs and ultrasounds now fillers that are lasting much longer. Like these fillers are supposed to be gone by two years, but we're seeing in ultrasounds and MRIs are lasting sometimes 10, 15 years. Like how is that possible? Well, there's two answers for that. The long duration is like basically this is a synthetic form of hyaluronic acid we make our own hyaluronic acid that's what hydrates everything in our tissues in our body but this is a synthetic version there's a bond that keeps it together that bond breaks down between 12 and 24 months and then after that it just kind of like integrates into the tissue tissues naturally now it's a possibility that you can see that synthetic hyaluronic acid that is morphed you know blended into the tissues after maybe several years Is that dangerous? No, not in my opinion, but potentially you can see it on an MRI and that's where people kind of get freaked out about it. It can be, you know, maybe a complication if sometimes this hyaluronic acid, your body can make like almost like a capsule, like a cyst around Mm, the gel. And that can stay there for years and years and years. 
And yeah, you should probably dissolve that because those capsules can harden up and then potentially cause maybe issues later on, but that's a big maybe. So in the end, if it breaks down, like the whole duration of the gel actually lasting where it's supposed to, max two years, but can it integrate into tissues? Absolutely. How long does it take until it's not visible on MRI? I don't even really know, but it's a synthetic form and it's not causing any harm. And if you don't look funny, don't worry about it. But if you look funny, go get it dissolved. That's the beauty of it. There you go. And th that actually leads really nicely into one of the other questions here. What if you get a filler and someone then decides, well, you know, I'm not sure if that was for me and I don't really like the way it looks. What can they do about that? You can get it dissolved. So the one thing that's really nice about this hyaluronic acid filler is it's very safe. So whether there's a medical emergency or you just don't like it, you can just place an enzyme which is called hyaluronidase. And by the way, our body makes not only naturally hyaluronic acid, but we also make our own hyaluronidase, which is an enzyme that's always breaking down our own hyaluronic acid. We've also found a version to make that into a synthetic form. So if you don't like it, it just breaks it down, essentially converts it very similarly to like a water molecule. And then over, you know, night, basically it's gone and you look just the way you did before. And that's one of the really, really great things about the hyaluronic acid fillers, as you said. So you mentioned a term a little bit earlier that I think we should just sort of maybe explain for the audience. And maybe this ties into the hyaluronidase uh, pillow faces. So when you say if you're getting HA on top of HA on top of HA, maybe you can explain a little bit more about what that means and then how would you approach that? Okay, so that's a great question, man. And actually it's one of probably my most viewed YouTube channel videos. And that one talks about lip filler, migration, lip fillers over time, what happens. And basically lips, for example, are one of those areas on the face where there's a lot of movement. So that lip is literally grabbing that HA and pulling it back slowly, like slowly, mm -hmm. minute amounts every day. But eventually it moves back and it moves back because the muscle up on top of the lip, which is called the ergotrid, that muscle is much thinner. And the muscle for the vermilion, which is like where the red part of the lip is, that's much thicker. If your lip is constantly moving and grabbing that filler, it's likely going to push it to the path of least resistance, which is that thinner muscle area. And this is why people end up having kind of like duck lips because every six months they're like, where'd my filler go to my lips? And the provider will tell them something like, oh, you have a lot of movement there. So your metabolism is burning it. That doesn't make any sense. No, you don't have more metabolism in one area. You're just taking the filler and you're just pushing it back slightly. Um. And then if you, inject again every six months. Well, again, that filler lasts how long? 12 to 24 months. You keep injecting one syringe every six months. Eventually, you're going to have these massive duck lips and it just keeps pocketing back. So that's the one thing I'll tell clients. I'll say, hey, by the way, if you're doing your lips and you like the look of the lips, then do them twice. You know, you can do them every six months if you want. But after the second time, when you come back for your third, I do recommend dissolving them and then restarting fresh. And therefore, you're not going to have the issue with the migration. The other issue with that is once that migration happens, especially in the lip where it makes a pocket, that pocket will likely stay there. And even if you dissolve it, sometimes what happens is the filler is just going to go back right into that pocket because it's created this void, this path of least resistance. So try and avoid that as much as possible by just, you know, keeping it natural. You can do your lips once a year if you want. You may not like them for about six months or three months because you're kind of like wanting a little extra and that's fine. You can add more 
but just be cognizant of how often you should be doing that and how long the filler actually lasts in the face until it breaks down. That's great. Fantastic answer. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so here's another question that I know that you've been asked and I want to throw it out there. I've been asked this as well. The cost of the fillers, because there's a range, do cheap fillers mean cheap results? How do you tackle that question? That's a great question and it's a great question for the general audience to be aware of. So the one thing that's awesome about being in Canada is that we're very strict with our regulations. So whatever is Health Canada approved or whatever is approved as an injectable here goes through extremely strict regulations and only then will it be approved. So whether the brand is very popular or not, if it's Health Canada approved, it's not the brand that's going to make the difference, it's this, it's the hand, it's the person who understands mm. not only the person's face but also the rheology which is how the filler is put together and how it's going to work with those tissues, right? So most brands right now, whether they're inexpensive or very expensive, have a range of very thin to very thick fillers. And it's our job to figure out where that should go on the face according to the location, the movement, and also how thick or thin the skin pads or the skin is and also the fat pads are on the face. These are all decisions that we make and to be honest, Anything that's Health Canada approved, in my opinion, I could take and do just as good a job as the most expensive stuff. And to be honest, there's some of the top branded stuff that you know people hear about all the time. And this one in, in particular, I'm not going to name it, but that one actually sometimes can cause a little bit more issues because some of them draw in more water than other. I'll tell you one, the most expensive brand out there draws in the most water out of mm -hmm. all of them, which is very hydrophilic, which means that it might look good now, but over time, it's like one of those little water beads that, you know, put in water in a cup of water and just like expands and sucks it all up. That's kind of what happens with this product over time. You can't really give perfect results with it because over time, it's going to get bigger and bigger. And your face might get a little puffy. So there's one brand in particular, I'm not going to name it, but that it's the most expensive brand on the market right now. It tends to do that. Otherwise, every other brand that I'm aware of, what you see is what you get doesn't draw in that much water and it really does a good job. I think the cost is more or less where you're going. The cost is going to be basically the provider who's going to make the mark, right? So they're going to decide, are they going to be a premium clinic, jack their prices up, and then they're going to get the premium people or people who have the most money who are looking for, basically they're looking for a brand and also they're looking for maybe a plastic surgeon or someone who's in the field and they know that are, you know, are doing a great job they're gonna pay the top tier. And then people who are maybe just starting out or if they're chain clinics or they're buying lots of volume and they can charge less, this is the difference. These are the reasons why people charge more or less. It's not really the filler in my opinion. And I think you know, the thing that I really wanna focus on of almost everything that you said there was also just the experience of the person. And clearly for those that are fortunate enough to be in your area, I know where they should be going and hopefully they do look you up because you just the wealth of knowledge that you have just hearing you speak about the stuff is fantastic. What about, and we touched on this a little bit in terms of the HA fillers being integrated into the tissue. Are you aware of any harmful chemicals that can be given off or dispersed from the HA once it's in the body? Is there any evidence for that that you're aware of? No, there's nothing really in it that's like, there's not one specific, you know, let's say vitamin or additive that's placed into a filler that can cause issues. 
Again, that one filler that's the most expensive brand right now, they have something called a Vicross technology. And the Vicross technology sometimes can cause maybe some issues. The owners of this company are not saying that they are the reason why this happens. They say this can happen with any filler. But realistically, the reason why it's happening with this company is because they have Vicross technology, which means that bond that I was talking about that holds the gel together, they actually made two different bonds and held this product together with two different types of molecules. They have a large molecule and a small molecule. And that combination is supposed to make the product last a little longer. But what's mm. happening is that once in a while, we're starting to see something pro-inflammatory and nodules and granulomas later on that are happening that can happen almost immediately afterwards or it can happen you know even six months to a year or two years down the road it's very rare and it really does depend probably on the person it also depends on how much was used but honestly other than that which is a very very rare occurrence this stuff is very clean. Most of the time, it's pure hyaluronic acid with nothing else in it. And sometimes some people may add a couple of vitamins just to help the skin, but definitely nothing in there to actually cause harm long term. So generally, extremely safe product. Great. And along those lines, the next question is, what about allergic reactions? Can people be allergic to HA fillers? You know what? It's extremely rare that people get allergic reactions to HA fillers, and it's just because they've found a way to keep it clean. It's a synthetic version of your own hyaluronic acid. So, you know, I've yet to see anyone have an allergic reaction, and it's very, very rare that people actually have any reactions to these products at all. Cool. Cool. That's great. So this next question I thought was really fascinating. It's actually something that I hadn't thought about until you communicated. This is a common question that you get. What happens if somebody gets filler, let's say the lips, for example, and they get an accidental injury to the face or they get a cut lip or something like that? What happens? Will the filler be okay? Or what do you, what do, you do with that sort of situation? I think, well, if you get a cut, if you split your lip and you've got like filler in there, I don't think you're going to care too much about your filler. <laughs> Good point. You're going to want to your lip up and be like, oh my God, I hope this scar gets up. Good point. But let's just say it really depends on when it was done, right? So let's say you did the filler yesterday. Well, it's, it hasn't completely integrated into the tissue yet. And at the same time, it really depends also how much you're putting in. So if you're putting a mild amount, if you split your lip, you could probably squeeze it out, I guess. But if this was placed, I don't know, four months ago or something like that, it's pretty hard to squeeze something out because it does kind of integrate naturally with the tissues. It stays there. And if you really wanted to, you could probably you know find your way and see if you can squeeze a little filler out but it's not going to cause any harm. It literally will likely just stay there. It ends up working well with the tissues. So let's say if there was a split there, the hyaluronic acid is just gonna stay there. And if you end up getting sutured up, it's just going to look the same, but just with a little scar. It's not gonna cause any issues later on. Perfect, that's great. So we actually flew through those. Those are some of the most common questions. I'm sure there's a million other ones that you can answer. Let me ask you this, just from my perspective, and I yeah, always love sure. to chat with expert injectors. What kind of injections are your favorite? What areas of the face do you love to treat? Yeah, you know, I really love doing a lower face jawline. You know who my favorite clients are right now are slightly more mature women because they come in and they have the jowling and it's just devastating to them. That is what they feel ages them the most and they just mm. really hope to get rid of that. Unfortunately, they come always to me and be like, they give me this, you know, lifting motion of the face. Can you do one of these? And I can't do that. But what I can do is I can give the illusion that it's not there and you're placing filler 
just in front of it, just in back of it, just enough to not create heaviness in the lower face as well. Keep it feminine, respecting the proportions. And it really is such a nice little game changer. We have people fly in and I had no idea they're flying in for this. They're getting, you know, a full jaw restoration because sometimes it's not just the jowling. They've also lost some fat pads where they've shifted forward in the preauricular area. And if you can restore all that really beautifully, then it just takes years off them. And honestly, we have women who are crying in our office and it's really touching stuff. So right now I really like the lower face. And my second favorite is probably tear trough and cheek. And the reason why is because people will see me often enough to say like, I just feel like I look tired or I just want to take some years off. So if the tired aspect usually is around the eyes, if yeah. I can wake that up and just kind of restore a little bit of the fat pads in the cheek that I've lost and just kind of redirect the light reflex on the apex of the cheek, it's lovely. They're super happy and I'm really happy with that too. So those are probably my top two. Amazing. When I hear you speak, I can hear the artistry in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a big part of it. You know, the business is a business and it's important. Understanding safety is crucial. Actually, before I even started injecting, I spent six months researching everything I could in medical aesthetics with regards to safety and anatomy and especially like the location of arteries on the face. Because if I can have that down, if I can understand not only like how can I improve safety and not be anxious when I'm injecting, then I can work on my artistry. And luckily, I do have an art background. My family, we're all artists. My mother's a painter. My sister's a graphic designer. We're all a bunch of doodlers and we've always been very artistic. I tell Michelle, I'm lucky that I'm really good at this because of the art background, but I take the art seriously. And I think for anyone who's in injecting, a lot of times they don't know how to draw a face for you know a masculine and feminine face. So understand how to draw a face from the front and from the side profile and three quarters. And if you can do that, just teaching yourself that, there's certain rules, rule of thirds, rule of fifths, dimensions of golden ratio and stuff like that. These are things that are really important and they will help your artistic eye because there are a lot of providers out there that say they have an artistic eye. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, give me a drawing and they can't do it. So there has to be an objective measurement there. And, and yeah, so that's my approach. That's amazing. Oh, I love it. I was actually wondering if you had an artistic background. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. That makes a lot of sense. Interesting to hear. I appreciate that. All right. Well, thanks so much. I want to give you a chance to just share with the listeners and the viewers all the incredible things that you have going. As I mentioned earlier, you're an educator. You share your knowledge, which is fantastic. I will put the plug in for you. Definitely check out Dan's Instagram. What's your handle? So it's Dan Aesthetics Medical. Right. And it's all one word. And I do have a YouTube channel and Instagram. And both are really kind of like interesting where if you're looking for Let's say if you want to know how fillers are done in the face, that YouTube channel is really te dedicated to showing, describing on a mannequin the safety aspects and also all the little secret techniques that I use whenever I'm doing fillers in order to keep things accurate, differentiate masculine versus feminine faces. And I actually got a lot of slack by doing that from all the medical providers. They're like, why are you giving all the secrets away? These are gold. And I said, you know what? It's going to benefit me somehow in the future. And it has, you know, the communities, there's not too many people like to share their secrets. So I was definitely like, you know, stepping outside of the box doing that, but it's been great. And as a result, I just ended up becoming this educator. So now every Monday, which is tonight, you know, what I'll do is I'll actually plug on my Instagram every Monday. I'll say, Hey, if you guys have any medical aesthetics questions, post them my way. And I answer them tonight and throughout the next day. And there's a lot of great information. It's all free. It's all engaging and it's super fun. And 
it's not too stuffy either. And you get to see my wife and I do some TikTok dances too there. So that's cool. <laughs> I was going to say, people should follow just to see the dancing. Fun to see. <laughs> the other thing though I want you to talk about briefly, if that's all right, is I also want you to talk a little bit about the education that you do for other injectors. And that's providing a great service as well. So tell us a little bit about that too. So whenever I did that YouTube channel, people were saying, this is great. You know, I wish you could do this on a real client, but I couldn't post real clients on YouTube all the time because of patient confidentiality. But what I could do is create a Patreon and a Patreon is this platform where providers can pay me a monthly fee. Basically, it's like a donation basically. And what I do is I do the same thing except on live clients. They have consent forms filled and I just do my injection techniques and it's the entire face. And basically I go over anatomy. I go over tips and how to fine tune, perfect things. And also I go to a ton of conferences. So I come back and share my knowledge from these conferences there. It's a very unique and cool platform that's affordable because in this industry, everything's very expensive. <laughs> I can attest to that. I can attest to that. Well, Dan, hey, wow. Thanks so much for spending some few minutes out of your busy Monday. It's your education day. So we'll take that and I'll say, I think we checked the box there for today. And I appreciate it so much. Any other websites or any other resources or any other places that you want to suggest that they check out? Well, I am speaking at CBAM, which is Canadian Board of Aesthetics Medicine in June. There's a, a Aesthetics Congress there that I'm speaking for. If you want to check that out, go ahead. But otherwise, nah, just see me on Instagram. I'm not going to plug anything too crazily here. I just want you guys to have fun, get some free content and education and fun. And that's what I'm all about, keeping it easy, but educational. Perfect. All right. Well, Dan, hey, again, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and hope we can chat again sometime real soon. Perfect. Thanks for having me, man. Take care, Sarah. Well, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that episode. You can hear Dan is just a complete wealth of knowledge and such a laid back, uh, fun uh, educator, as I said, right off the top here of the podcast. If you're in the Ottawa area, definitely look him up and go check out his clinic. And uh, wherever you are, definitely look him up on Instagram, follow his stuff. It's really entertaining as well as educational, and uh, I can't ask for anything more than that. So again, thanks, Dan. Appreciate your time, and uh, hope to chat with you again real soon. To you, the listener, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can access information that we covered in this podcast episode on our show notes page, which is at antiagingvancouver.com, and then you'll see a link to the podcast page in the top menu bar. As always... As well, if you've enjoyed the podcast and you feel like sharing it with someone, please feel free to do so. That would be the biggest compliment that you could pay us. And as well, any review that you leave on the podcast players is tremendously appreciated as well. Thanks again for tuning in this week, and I look forward to speaking with you again really soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Anti-Aging Insights. Stay tuned to discover more of the latest news, treatments, technologies, and developments in non-surgical cosmetic and anti-aging medicine. For more inspiration, to access the show notes, or to book an appointment with Dr. Fisher, Dr. Frame, or any of the other anti-aging professionals, please visit our website at antiagingvancouver.com. Until next time, stay inspired and live life well.